It is Friday, January 7th on the special edition of Straight Talk with D. Kelly. Let me take you back to what I was hearing when I watched TV. Senator Brian Schatz reflects on that day. One year later should be a simple, solemn commemoration of what happened and a collective unified determination to never let anything like that ever happen again. But I'm even more worried now because that moment of unity is gone. And most importantly, that moment of moral clarity of collective patriotic outrage is fading. It went from Republicans being apologetic about their president to voting to exonerate him. It went from Republicans being angry at him and denouncing him to voting against putting a bipartisan commission together to get all the facts out. President Biden even gave a speech yesterday about January 6th. Well, here is the God's truth about January 6, 2021. Close your eyes. Go back to that day. What do you see? Rioters rampaging, waving for the first time inside this Capitol, a Confederate flag that symbolized the cause to destroy America, to rip us apart. Even during the Civil War, that never, ever happened. But it happened here in 2021. What did we not see? We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack, sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television and doing nothing for hours. We are a great nation. My fellow Americans, in life there's truth, and tragically there are lies. Lies conceived and spread for profit and power. We must be absolutely clear about what is true and what is a lie. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interests more important than his country's interest, than America's interest. And because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our constitution, he can't accept he lost, even though that's what 93 United States senators, his own attorney general, his own vice president, governors and state officials in every battleground state have all said he lost. That's what 81 million of you did as you voted for a new way forward. He's done what no president in American history, the history of this country has ever, ever done. He refused to accept the results of an election and the will of the American people. Bob Woodward, in his book, Peril, reflects on what was going on on January 6th, especially in the White House with uh, General Kellogg. General Kellogg. 
key figure in the Trump administration who had been a deputy national security advisor, a retired general, a Trump loyalist, is going to Trump on January 6th, you know, really almost literally a year from now, and saying, you've got to tweet out and stop this violence. Uh, people are not carrying televisions on their shoulders. And uh, Trump refuses to do it. So General Kellogg goes and gets Trump's daughter, who he knows very well, Ivanka Trump, and said, you've got to talk to your dad. And she comes and sees her father three times. And we found out one of the things she said to her father, let this thing go, move on. And Trump would not do that. Here, his daughter, uh, that somebody he's as close to uh, as anyone, he won't listen. He won't do it. Let us not forget what the Republican congressional leaders were saying just one year ago after the insurrection. Here is Republican minority leader Kevin McCarthy. Attack on the Capitol was undemocratic, un-American, and criminal. Violence is never a legitimate form of protest. Freedom of speech and assembly under the Constitution is rooted in nonviolence. Yet the violent mob that descended upon this body was neither peaceful nor democratic. It acted to disrupt Congress's constitutional responsibility. It was also an attack on the people who work in this institution, members, staff, and the hundreds who work behind the scenes so that we can serve the American people. The greatest statesman in the history of our country understood that the most dangerous threat to freedom is lawlessness. A young lawyer named Abraham Lincoln famously said, there is no grievance that is a fit object of redress by mob law. Yet for several hours last week, mob law tried to interfere with constitutional law. Some say the riots were caused by Antifa. There is absolutely no evidence of that. And conservatives should be the first to say so. Conservatives also know that the only thing that stops mob violence is to meet it with force rooted in justice and backed by moral courage. And last week, we saw mob violence met by courage, sacrifice, and heroism from the brave men and women who protect this institution every day. But for the ba bravery of the Capitol Police, the destruction and loss could have been much greater. We owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude. Also reflecting on what they said a year ago, it is Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, the first thing that stands out to me is how embarrassed and disgusted I am that the United States Capitol could be taken over by domestic terrorists while we're in session, transferring power from one president to the other, that a band of people who are terrorists, not patriots, literally occupied the floor of the House, drove the Senate out of its chamber. And the question for the country is, how could that happen 
20 years after 9-11. September this year will be the 20th anniversary of the attack on our nation. It is mind-boggling that such an event could occur. Trust me, in the social media world that exists today, it will be not, won't be that hard to find thousands of people who took the law in their own hands. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. The people who attacked the Capitol Police need to be charged with attacking a police officer. Sedition may be a charge for some of these people. So I will, for the next six years, God willing, every week ask of the Department of Justice, starting with this Department of Justice and the next Department of Justice, what kind of progress are you making and holding those accountable, the domestic terrorists who took over the House and the Senate chambers and laid waste to Capitol Hill. This is a moment for the nation to show will and determination to be a nation of laws, that anarchy shall not reign, the Constitution controls, not the mob. Yesterday, I was proud of Senator McConnell, the Republican leader of the Senate, who stood up and called for a peaceful transfer of power to Vice President Biden and Kamala Harris. When it comes to accountability, the president needs to understand that his actions were the problem, not the solution. That the rally yesterday was unseemly, it got out of hand, and a good friend of mine, Rudy Giuliani, did not help. I said on the floor of the Senate, I cast my vote accordingly that Joe Biden is the legitimate president-elect of the United States. There's been a constant effort by people from the president's legal team to provide misinformation, to distort the facts, to make accusations that cannot be proven. That needs to stop. Also going back to the Senate floor just one year ago with Mitch McConnell. We're debating a step that has never been taken in American history, whether Congress should overrule the voters and overturn a presidential election. I've served 36 years in the Senate. This will be the most important vote I've ever cast. President Trump claims the election was stolen. The assertions range from specific local allegations to constitutional arguments to sweeping conspiracy theories. I supported the president's right to use the legal system. Dozens of lawsuits received hearings in courtrooms all across our country. But over and over, courts rejected these claims, including all-star judges whom the president himself has nominated. Our duty is to govern for the public good. The United States Senate has a higher calling than an endless spiral of partisan vengeance. Congress will either override the voters, overrule them, the voters, the states, and the courts for the first time ever, 
or honor the people's decision. Will either guarantee Democrats' delegitimizing efforts after 2016 become a permanent new routine for both sides, or declare that our nation deserves a lot better than this? Will either hasten down a poisonous path where only the winners of election actually accept the results, or show we can still muster the patriotic courage that our forebears showed, not only in victory, but in defeat. The framers built the Senate to stop short-term passions from boiling over and melting the foundations of our republic. So I believe protecting our constitutional order requires respecting the limits of our own power. It would be unfair and wrong to disenfranchise, disenfranchise American voters and overrule the courts and the states on this extraordinarily thin basis. And I will not pretend such a vote would be a harmless protest gesture while relying on others to do the right thing. I will vote to respect the people's decision and defend our system of government as we know it. On the one year anniversary of January 6th, Jimmy Carter has written in the New York Times an op-ed, I Fear Our Democracy. He stated and wrote, Our great nation now teeters on the brink of a widening abyss. Without immediate action, we are at genuine risk of civil conflict and losing our precious democracy. Americans must set aside their differences and work together before it's too late. I want to thank you for listening to our special edition of Straight Talk. Now, our Spotify question of the week is, what do you think about January 6th? You can also leave me a message at anchor.fm slash dkelly slash message, or you can tweet me at dkelly22. That's D-E-K-E-L-L-Y-2-2. Thank you for listening.